Do you think that emotions can be your allies? How do you interpret the experiences that you are having? From atoms to the incredible symphony that awakens in your body, emotions are our best tools to understand what happens in our mind, body, and that can even penetrate to a spiritual level. Understanding all that impressive chain of reactions and events will give you the clue that emotions are there to help you not to drain or stagnate your life. Discover the power of the vibrational action of your emotions in episode 46. Welcome everyone to our episode 46 of the podcast Cultivating a New Generation. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about the vibrational action of your emotions. It's going to be a deep understanding of how these vibrations are constructing a neural network and also some signals and phenomena that can be uh, expanding or shrinking your experiences. The article that is based on this um, vibrational action is on emotions as sensory percepts of the state of the magnetic body. The journal is Consciousness Exploration and Research, and it is from 2018. So without further ado, we are going to start by defining what are emotions because many people have different perceptions of what is an emotion. So emotions are created and they are represented into the view of neuroscience, endocrinology, and quantum physics. Emotions can be divided to lower level emotions accompanied by intention, need, and desire, hunger, is accompanied by eating or by the need of it. These are some of the examples that how emotions are divided into this lower level. But if you pay attention to this information is intention, need, and desire. So that's very important to take into account because you will or we will start assembling the puzzle of this emotional architecture when we understand that we need an intention, that we are satisfying a need and satisfying a desire. So distinguishing them, the lower level emotions from the sensory qualia, they are higher level emotions like catharsis and the experience of beauty accompanied by any kind of desire. These higher emotions are constructed under the scheme of having those experiences with our senses and start understanding that our senses are going to allow us a broader expansion of what we are living. Emotions are sensory percepts that can start in a magnetic vibration in our bodies and the sensory motor loop 
will generalize these kind of vibrations through various glands excreting hormones on the bloodstream and binding to receptors that give rise to the analog of the motor output. What does this mean? This means that when we are having a, an emotion, that emotion is going to be translated into a motor experience through the chemical output that is going to be released into your blood and that they are going to signal throughout your body through the binding of a receptor, through the release of a secondary hormone and creating a cascade of events. They, all of them, are neural transmitters. All of these chemical substances are neural transmitters binding to receptors that serve as a bridge allowing to build and to connect network of neurons from the existing building bricks, which are the chemical substances and the receptors, of course. They are accompanied by a flux on the tubes of the neural networks, serving as correlates of an entangled image that you are going to construct and allowing classical signaling with light velocity, as we can perceive when we have an experience of watching how fast a thought and the electrical impulse is released into our neural network, we can see that this is extremely, extremely fast. And this kind of velocity and electrical energy is used by dark photons. In a similar manner, our hormones would give rise to active networks of ordinary cells accompanied by sensor networks. The nervous system will give information about the state of these networks to the brain and the hypothalamus will serve as the analog of the motor cortex sending hormones controlling the excretion of the secondary hormones at lower level glands. So that's all the cascade that is going to happen. That is all the translation, transduction of the information that we are processing, that we are receiving, but that it is satisfying our intentions, our desires, and our needs. Consider, for example, the first neural net level, neural transmitters binding to the receptors that will create this bridge, will mediate the information about the state of these networks to the brain, will pass the information. And that is what also our heart is doing many times when it is sensing in a more readiness uh, experience and as a primary receptor of what is happening, the information is traveling to the brain and to the other organs. The hypothalamus will serve as a concentrating um, console that is going to de release different signals to the other 
hormones at lower levels. We can compare this phenomena with music. Music expresses and creates emotions, and the music harmony would correspond to the various emotional states or to the moods that we realize, and they are at the core level of the DNA in the counterpart of the human experience which is represented by this energy that is vibrational. Remember that we see molecules, we see chemical substances, we see connections and receptors, but if we go beyond that, the level of um, construction of all these um, physiological um, networks and building blocks is made of electrons, is made of energy, is made of protons, is made of neutrons, is made of simply energy. So our magnetic body would be like a music instrument that has a lot of tubes, connections, and strings that is releasing and communicating the vibration. Our DNA and the, in every cell we have DNA, all of these blocks, all of these ladders of information is inter being interpreted and being translated into something that we can make more sense in terms of our physiological body and then create higher emotions or feelings. That is the next level of the emotion. For example, the feelings of hunger and society are perhaps the most primitive emotional states that one can think of. These emotions and feelings were possessed also by bacteria. So we are not so evolved as we think because also bacteria have this kind of sensing mechanisms. The need to get food is associated with hunger and it seems that the lower emotion system is a primitive nervous system possessed by invertebrates and has its end in a ganglion representing the primitive brain. Arthropods, which include insects, belong to this class of animals and they have the next stage, let's say, for these kind of structures that are going to create emotions. The brain stem and the cerebellum developed from the ganglion that was more primitive and gave rise to what is called the lizard brain, the reptilian brain, the primitive brain that is in the back part of our head in the, in the neck, a, a, a little above the neck. and the brain stem controls the functioning of the heart, the lungs, the stomach, and other organs, and the cerebellum controls motor activities. So all of these activities have to be controlled by this primitive brain because they are in the autonomic response. We don't need to think that we need to process or digest food. We don't need to think that we need to breathe. So all of these 
autonomic functions are um, especially controlled by this part of the brain because they need to be automatic, continuous, and of course, they are the primary functions that keep us alive. Since the cortex is allowing to decom decompose the visual field, the cortex, the more complex structures of our brain into objects that are missing, vision also must be very primitive, including, however, the detection of the motion and distance for the target of attention. The endocrine system, for example, forms only part of this cellular signaling um, cascade. One can classify the signaling according to the range of signals. Intercurrent signals is one uh, category and they stay in the target cells. Autocrine signals affect the cell that produces the signal and the nearby cells via receptors. Autocrine signals affect the cell and the adjacent eustacrine um, touching cells. And paracrine signals target cells in the vicinity of the cell. Nerve pulses correspond to this kind of signaling. So this is at more distance throughout our neural and physiological and cellular um, network that we are creating or web that we have inside of us. These endocrine signals target distant cells and hormones reaching their target via the bloodstream that serve as signal molecules. So all of these chemical substances, such as the neurotransmitters and many hormones and many immune messengers are traveling fast through the bloodstream to uh, allow other cells and other systems to start working and to start interpreting the signal. Endocrine system involves several feedback loops via the hypothalamus and the pituitary. That's why when we have an emotion, it is not just an experience that can be in our head. It is an experience that it is translated into our bodies and we feel the physiological response or the manifestation of this emotion in our bodies. That's why we many times say God feeling, many times we say that we, or we experience our hands being sweaty or we experience needing to drink water when we are dry and when we are thirsty. That's why whenever we have uh, a strong emotion, it is also reflected in the body because it is all connected. The hypothalamus plays a role analogous to that of the highest motor areas in the cortex. Emotions are expressed via expression of these hormones and, and the hypothalamus is going to concentrate the information through the lower levels Besides the hypothalamus, we also have the pituitary gland and the pineal gland that are brain glands. The four most important glands outside of the brain are the pancreas, the ovaries, the testes, thyroid 
thyroid gland and the parathyroid gland and the adrenal glands. Together, these systems with three brain glands make seven um, primary glands, let's say. Interestingly, we can relate, or this happens to be the number of chakras secreting the, in the Eastern medicine that we know that they are the energy uh, controlling centers. So it is not a coincidence. It is the spirituality finally merging with the science and finding the coincidences that we have in terms of understanding what is happening inside of us. Besides this, let's say, in this time, coincidences, there, there are many other hormones secreting organs, but these are the seven main glands. The so-called diffuse endocrine system involves hormone-emitting cells into the heart muscle and the epithelial cells in the gut which are two systems that are going to control also many responses because as we have talked about in other episodes, the heart has a neural system. The heart has neurons or neurites in this case. And all of this complex web of neurites inside of the heart are also interpreting and releasing hormones. So what is going to happen now that these hormones are used to communication between the organs and the tissue and the physiological regulation and behavioral activities? If we compile of the, all of these structures, all of these levels, all of this um, symphony inside of us, energetic, uh, chemical, electric, um, symphony, we can start to understand that we are more complex in terms of how our, our emotions are giving us the guidance into how to perform much better behaviors, how to um, have more time to appraise our feelings, and how can we start to regulate all of this kind of information constructing a much better and empowered narrative towards what we want in our life. Hormones have diverse structures, most of which belong to three classes, eicosanoid, esteroids, and amino acid and protein derivatives, which are made from amines, peptides, and proteins. All of these chemical structures will allow the construction of the immune messengers, the hormones that are going to re regulate our physiology in terms of the gut uh, signals and in terms of many of the um, hunger hormones, many of the energy regulating systems and the, the defense system of our bodies. All vertebrates possess a hypothalamus, and this hypothalamus is located below the thalamus and serves 
as a link between the neural system and the endocrine, endocrine system and regulate certain metabolic processes on and other activities of the autonomic nervous system. The hypothalamus synthesizes and releases these neural hormones, stimulating or inhibiting the secretion of pituitary hormones that will in turn control the secretion of hormones in lower levels. The hypothalamus controls body temperature, hunger, and important aspects of the parenting and attachment behaviors. Look how amazing is all this chemistry, all this electricity, all, all of these energy systems that they are related even to the behaviors that we um, express or that we construct as parents, that we construct when we have an attachment toward certain people and toward repeating certain behaviors. Because if we are overstimulating certain kind of substances, of course that the response is going to be the same and we are going to create patterns and we are going to create these kind of behaviors that can um, make us feel stuck in our lives or make us feel that we are creating a um, more constructive experience. So we have the choice, but we have to start understanding all of these uh, complex architecture and how all of these behaviors and expressions are in our own power. And they are also subjective many times, but we are the ones that are going to give them meaning. They also control, the hypothalamus also controls fatigue, sleep, and circadian rhythms. Circadian rhythms is another extremely important feature of our biology that is controlled by the light in and by nature, by those cycles of light and day, and also controls many of the activities that we can take more advantage of as complex, complex tasks for people that are morning or early risers are much better between hours from 10 to one o'clock. And in the opposite side, people that are more prone to get up um, later during the day, they should start doing these demanding cognitive uh, tasks after one o'clock, between one and 4 p.m., let's say. So if we understand our biology, if we understand all the links that it has, if we understand that we are not simple human beings, that we are complex, but that we can start constructing and assembling a different meaning in our lives, we are going to experience a much richer, um, we, wiser uh, human experience. So after controlling the hypothalamus, all of these functions, it also controls the pituitary and adrenal axis, which is a complex set 
of direct influences and feedback that is coming and going between the hypothalamus, between the pituitary, and between the adrenal glands located, for example, in the kidneys. Delta waves in the mental patterns with frequency in the range of 0.5 to 4 hertz usually thought to arise in the cortex or the thalamus controls the expression of neural hormones from the hypothalamus. So if we start understanding that many of these delta waves are released during the phases of sleep, during the REM phase of sleep, we are going to understand that when we are resting, when we are sleeping, our whole body is cleaning, is flushing toxins, is uh, repairing messengers, is repairing hormones, is um, adjusting the synchronization of the circadian rhythms. So it all makes sense when we start assembling the pieces of our biology, the physiology, the chemistry, and the electrical impulses that we are producing all the time. In Scherer's component, which is an investigator that is very important in emotions, the components processing of the model of emotion has five crucial elements that they are said to exist. One of them is cognitive appraisal. This provides an evaluation of the events and objects. So this is how we learn and this is how we interpret. For example, when we are children, we are constantly in awe of how many of the things that we have, they have a function and they have, um, they are going to produce a response in us. For example, this ball, if I squeeze it, I feel something and I am producing a force. This force is producing a stimuli. This is stimulate producing a response. And like that, drinking water, very, very simple things are going to be interpreted by this cognitive appraisal. And that is the way we assemble the world when we are children. Bodily symptoms is the second category of the model of emotion. And these are the physiological components of the emotional experience. Action tendencies is the third one and is a motivational component for the preparation and the direction of our motor responses. Expression in our facial and in the vocal expression almost always accompanies an emotional state to communicate a reaction and intention of actions. That's why it is also important to observe and when we are having an interaction with a person, we can start um, sensing the emotions of this person by the expressions that he or she is making. And also we can have a lot of information through the movement of the hands, through the voice that he or she is having, and through the, the eyes and how the 
dilation of the pupils is happening. So if we observe, if we pay attention, if we become much better listeners, we are going to be um, having much better conversation and much better reading of the people that is true to us and the people that is just trying to uh, please or trying to achieve certain intention. Feelings is the fifth one, a model of construction, and they are the subjective experience. Remember this word, subjective experience. Why? Because it is interpreted also by the memories that we have of the emotional state once it has occurred. But this feeling is something that is also or has a lot of information from the past that we have lived. This definition of emotion includes as its aspect of cognitive processing. So it is a neural feedback, the physiological correlates, which compile the hormone expression, the action tendencies, which is the intentions, the needs, the desires, the drives, and bodily expression of emotion and feeling. This classification assigns physiological activation patterns to all emotions. So what about, for example, higher emotions? Feeling form only one aspect of the emotion. It has been also proposed that there are six basic emotions. This is just the six basic emotions. Anger, disgust, fear, happiness, sadness, and surprise. One can wonder why pleasure and psychological pain are not counted as basic emotions. Maybe because they are associated with happiness and sadness. Neither hunger and society are also included, since hunger induces a goal-directed behavior, and it would seem natural to count it as an emotion rather than sensory experience. It seems possible to assign to emotions positive or negative labels, which would allow us to see them as pairs or analogous and make complementary colors or emotions in our, in our lives. One can also distinguish our emotions using as a criteria the time scale involved. For example, feelings, moods, temperament, personality that describe these time scales in increasing order. For example, primitive emotions represent information in a very concise form. Just a single bit represented as emotional labeling of the experience as positive or negative. That is enough information and it will induce an intention or the negative um, representation of them. So that will change the behavior if we interpret certain emotions as negative or positive, of course, of course that our behavior is going to be impacted. A very complex unconscious information processing can give rise to these kind of information 
and intuition in the emotional intelligence. And that can summarize the outcome of this kind of processing. So, and this is just in the primitive level. So imagine if we start regulating and understanding the higher levels of emotion. It seems that simple emotions induce the need or the desire to do something, to have an intention. This would naturally relate to the comparison of the expected state to the perceived one. If the result is not expected, the desire to change something is created. For example, when we feel hunger, we have a need to eat. So the intention is to eat. Computer scientists would tend to see us as a collection of behavioral programs. That's why many of these companies and many of these tracking systems that they have created now, they are measuring every response inside of you and they are knowing your emotions. Every time you click on their certain page, on their certain tab, every time you look for certain result in Google or certain information, you are leading them to know you. You are giving them the map of your emotions. And what do you need? What would be something that you could buy? What would be something that would make you feel pleasure? And what would make you what would make something to make you more addictive towards something? This is the new um, kind of manipulation that we have been uh, subject to. So we have to understand that as much as we want to rely on technology, we don't need to lose the power of our will the power of regulating our emotions, and we are not subject to the primitive responses that these kind of systems are going to generate. Low-level emotions are holistic in meaning, and they have the physiological correlates that cannot be localized many times in some particular body part because it is extremely fast and expansive, the reaction that we have. One might, however, argue that when a person falls in love, the localized feeling is within the heart, or that's what we feel. That's how we interpret this kind of emotion. Also, for example, hunger, if counted as an emotion rather than a sensory experience can be localized to the stomach. In any case, emotions as mental images would be holistic and physiological assignable to a rather large part of the body. That's how we mm, make sense of what is happening inside of us. And investigators can argue that higher level emotions such as feelings of beauty cannot be localized to any part of the body. Although we are seeing the things when it is a visual experience, beauty can also be um, imbued in our system through the taste, through 
what we listen through what we smell. When we smell something that is pleasurable, and then we prime our visual experience, we can also perceive beauty in more than one sense. So this is all the amazing realm of emotions. This is all the started with the vibration, with the electricity, with the electromagnetic impulses that we are generating every single second of this amazing experience that we can live here on Earth. And this is how we can compare all these complex emotional web of signals to the music that we can create. So if you want to have a much higher, a much empowered, a much growing experience in life, pick your team, pick your um, melody, pick the anthem that you want to be played by and create the symphony inside of you. Because the, simple, the simplest emotions such as joy can be correlated with the harmony in music. So if we start creating more harmony inside of us with positive emotions, we can enhance the experience that we are going to have in our life. And we can start directing the kind of behaviors that we want to promote. It is all in our physiology. It is all in our endocrinology. It is all in our immunology. It is all inside of us that is going to prime us to have a wiser experience instead of just reacting towards what other people want. So I hope that this episode has been very informative and illustrative for you to understand that every time you feel an emotion, you have time to process it. You have time to label it and you have time to perform a much better behavior after. Thank you for listening. Thank you for experiencing this episode with emotions. And if you like the information, if it resonates with you, if it gives you some kind of practical advice, just help me to move this uh, episode in your network. Thank you very much for paying attention. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode and integrating with this community to cultivate more awareness and consciousness in your inner health to create a new generation of humans. If you want more tools to grow your inner health with science and spirituality merch, visit www.davidortegab.com. Remember that you can subscribe to become a premium member and receive plenty of benefits in all five areas of your life. Nutrition, metabolism, emotional resilience, consciousness and abundance, 